Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined by Nate Weitzer. He's on the East Coast. Very late night here for Nate on the East Coast as we are recording this on Thursday night, getting ahead of this big 13-game slate in the NBA for you guys. Uh, Definitely want to make sure to like and subscribe to that page. We have best bets up in this one, four best bets here, four player props in our other video that we're bringing you each and every weekday. Also want you to head to thelines.com, use all of the great content up on the site right now, and the Odds Finder tool, especially to make sure that you're getting the best juice available from all of these books giving us bets this NBA season. We're so close to the end of this in-season regular tournament or this regular season in-season tournament, whatever you want to call it, that is uh, taking over the NBA here and hijacked things for our betting purposes. But we roll on here with a lot to choose from, Nate. So let's kick it off with your first best bet on Friday. Yeah, you can hear the the despair in Josh's voice that he's thrown out of off rhythm by these playoff games in the middle of the, the season. And it is a weird uh, circumstance, and we're looking at one of these games here with the Knicks and Celtics getting their fifth meeting of the year because they're in a, a consolation game, essentially, because they were in the quarters. Um, and so we don't know exactly how they're going to respond to this. I mean, I, I my angle is just that I think the Celtics back home with Porzingis active are going to resume their incredible scoring run at home where they average 123 uh, in the six with, at home with Zinger they have a 128 offensive rating. They're shooting f- over 40% from three. Uh, they're 9-0 and at home. And we just saw this Knicks defense just crumble against the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, I, I mean, a little bit of a different matchup. They have played Boston ki- pretty well. Uh, I wouldn't say well from an, an efficiency standpoint, though. They just really tried to slow it down and try to control it that way. The last meeting in Boston... Uh, it was in an 84 pace from the Knicks, um, but the, the Celtics put up a 135 offensive rating, hit 19 threes at a very high clip, and were able to get to this total, 114, uh, which is the total, by the way, that I'm targeting, 113 and a half plus plus 100, uh, and I wouldn't mind laddering it up a couple more points if you do feel confident. Um, because I mean, yeah, the Knicks, what we've seen is when they face a a good team, no offense, Josh, as, as a Knicks fan, it's just, it's just another one of these Eastern conference teams that they do not, they do not hold up against these really good, uh, teams at this point. They're three and eight against teams above 500. They're nine and oh against teams with losing records. That's usually who they hold down and hold below a hundred points. Their last, uh, matchups against good offenses on the road. Of course, the Milwaukee 146 game here they're most given up in like 30 years also gave up 117 to mini 114 to atlanta um and 110 to milwaukee when milwaukee was still trying to hit their stride and, and they hit 23s and as we all know the threes are the key with boston if those start falling they're going to score a lot and even their second unit with pritchard sam hauser they have snipers to keep the scoring on uh, who knows where the Knicks are going to be in, in terms of their headspace, but I think the Celtics are just going to resume with with their legitimate title aspirations. Just say, all right, we're we're back home. It's the regular season. We're going to resume just putting whoopings on people. <laughs> Seems right. Uh, I honestly, I, I like the team total bet more than anything in this game. I think there's going to be points with this with this matchup in Boston. 
that's more often how it goes than, than when they are in, in, in the garden, the real garden, by the way, in MSG. So, yeah, I, th- I think the team total is the only way I would really run with this. I, I have a, a, a play up prop from this one that I'll talk about in the other video as well. But, I, it, you know, apropos to our name here, Nate got a, a game on the East Coast. I'm going with a game technically on the West. It's in the, at least in, uh, in the Western Conference, and that is Golden State. They're at OKC. OKC is minus three and a half. That jumped out to me right away. I, I think it's a little bit of a split the unit kind of thing. I think I'm going to split like 1.2 units here. Go 0.6 on the minus three and a half. Go 0.6 on the over 234 and a half plus the OKC money line. So that's a parlay there of the OKC to win the game and this game to go over 234 points. I think it's going to get bet up. I, it might have already gotten bet up since I even started looking at it because it was a really it was an opening total. I would bet this up to about two thirty six and a half. To be honest with you, I think it's going to f- like hover right around there. If it does get up to like two thirty eight or two thirty nine, uh, I think that it will get bet back down. So that's going to be in that range, right? Which is is going to be important because I'm sure it's going to end at like two thirty six and a, you know two thirty seven in that range and and be right on on point for a lot of these betters. But the the it, matchup here in OKC is what I'm honing in on more than anything for these. Two two teams you know at this point we've seen them play three times now already this season because of group play and and the like for um for for OKC and Golden State and there's a little bit of a delineation when they play in Golden State and Golden State plays better defense there they play a little bit uh it's not even really the pace for them it's just really the fluidity of the offense a little bit uh actually been better on the road Uh, things have been a little bit worse for them at home which we just saw them struggle mightily against the Blazers in their own building, but on the road right now and in this matchup, the last three in OKC have gone to two, have averaged 264 points between these two teams. There's a huge discrepancy of the pace. It's 105 on average in the last three. If you compare that to the way that they played it in uh, Golden State, that's about five p- uh, possessions per 100 faster than when they play in the Bay Area. Um, OKC, the, the matchup stuff too is what I like. Uh, and and the, the pace for OKC at home, which goes way up, uh, there's a lot of discrepancy there too. But the matchup between these two teams, OKC OKC is allowing a lot of second chance points. Believe it or not, the Dubs are fourth most in that category, especially because they're not shooting the way that they have in years past. Oftentimes, it's not that they're incapable of attacking the rim. They have a lot of really good offensive rebounders from, I mean, from Draymond to, to Andrew Wiggins to Gary Payton the second to even Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga. There's some good offensive rebounders in the youngsters that are on this team, um, and so that's that's another reason for points there, at least for them to be able to score that way. Their true shooting is so far down as well that they have no choice but to try to get those second chance points which they've never been really they haven't needed quite as much because the ball is usually going in the basket with the splash bros but the other on the other side of the ball you've got OKC and getting a ton of points off of turnovers even Chris Paul, the point god, couldn't come to the the dubs and keep them from hemorrhaging points off of turnovers, which has been their MO since they've been good. So that's going to continue to be a thing for them. Uh, Golden State sucks against the ISO. Guess who's – I'm calling him the best ISO player in the league right now. Uh, it's it, Shai's, Shai's at least in the top two or three. There's very few guys that are – you know face-up guys especially that can do what he does. Um, and at this point, you know for OKC – or excuse me, for Golden State, the, the defense, man, is just – the one-on-one matchups aren't there for them. Draymond, man – he got burned by Shaden Sharp multiples of times. Just does not have the quickness to guard guys like that right now. So he's not going to have help much there. And then, you know, the the split stuff is really big. Uh, Golden State on the road right now is scoring 118 versus the 111 that they score at home. Complete reversal from last year. The uh, the Thunder score six more points per game at home. They're up to 121 when they're there. Also giving up 116 at home right now. So that defense has actually been better on the road where they're playing way slower. Four, uh, almost uh, four. Well, it's three. Three possessions per 100 slower 
when they're on the road right now. They're playing a lot faster at home. So all these splits also just lead to points in this one. And I'm so ready to fade the dubs that like every turn, like who's scared of fading? Remember when it was like terrifying to think of taking a team plus 10 and a half against the Golden State Warriors? It ain't your older brother's Golden State Warriors anymore. No, they're they're absolutely terrible, to be honest. I mean, they're a Steph Curry sprained wrist away from just being lottery. Uh, you know, one of the three worst teams in the Western Conference. It's the fact that with Aiton, Jeremy Grant, and then Malcolm Brogdon going out of that game, they had to fight and claw to beat the Portland Trailblazers. Yep. Tells you all you need to know. OKC back home after losing to Houston, which only wins at home, only loses on the road. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think we know what to expect here from Shy. Um, I'm going to take a, a break here for a bonus pick yeah. because with the in-season tournament, with the Pacers in the final here, we've been talking about Halliburton as the IST MVP, but also checked in on the on the futures market for him. He's still plus 500 to either be clutch player of the year or plus 550 to be most improved. And he's going to get one of those trophies if if things maintain on this pace. I mean, he is literally right behind Nikola Jokic in advanced metrics. He actually leads the league in win chairs, obviously leads the league in assists, fourth in PER. His assist to turnover ratio is pretty historic at 5.4. After this 15-0 game, it's going to go up. Uh, I mean, just for perspective, like Jason Kidd and Steve Nash have a career assist to turnover of 2.75. So Tyrese Halliburton is doing historic stuff for the best offense in, in history at this point, uh, we'll see if he can maintain the pace, you know, some pun intended, but for five to one right now, I'm, I just sprinkled a little bit on both of those, uh, assuming he's going to get something here for his, for his MVP runner up style. Um, so yeah, yeah Josh said, yeah. not your old, Go please ahead. respond. Yes. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, let, let me let me just give yeah, you just, one on that because if you're gonna talk about Halle Baby like that, I was busy. I was scrambling over here to pull up DraftKings as well because that's where I have, I have so much Pacers exposure, Nate. It's insane, and it took me until they were uh, twelve to one to put a little sprinkle on them to win the in season tournament. Don't know why that took me so long. I've been preaching from the mountaintops about them. I have a Halliburton Clutch Player of the Year. I have a Carlisle Coach of the Year. Uh, I have a bunch of overs. I got an alt over other wins. Like, yeah, you you're, you got me on that. My I was trying to figure out exactly what my Clutch Player of the Year ticket for Halley is because I think I got it at like thirty to one. Um, I'm not telling you still to not play it at the plus five. I'm just saying like, man, CLV might feed my kids one day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Basketball city is back in Indy, I guess. Uh, but yeah, you said it's not your, your older brother's warriors. This same kind of situation here for the Cavs and heat who continue to be undervalued in terms of their offensive potential. Uh, what we've seen recently. So I'll go over two eighteen and a half in their matchup here and maybe put a quarter unit on heat money line with the over as, as we know with one of our rules on this show is we do not bet heat regular season games if we can help it. So that's why I'm keeping the unit down. Um, but I mean, they're, they're being a little more transparent about the injury report. The fact that bam is ruled out once again, which is really going to help offense for the Cavs. Evan Mobley is questionable. Those are two of the top four candidates for defensive player of the year. So if both those guys happen to be out, you got to like more offense in this game. Um, either way, I mean, Miami's been scoring and, and playing at about a hundred pace. Their last six home games, 124 a game. Granted, that's skewed by two matchups with Indy, which we mentioned uh is is a fantastic offensive team, but still got you know very high scoring games with the Nets, with the Bucks. They they dropped 129 in Cleveland without Bam. 
uh, a couple weeks ago, and they got huge bench output from these guys. Uh, who, you know, Hawkes, Caleb Martin, Josh Richardson, and Orlando Robinson, who's going to slot right into Bam's starting spot. So the fact that those guys all had success against the Cavs' full defensive squad is encouraging. The Cavs did not come along for the ride. Donovan Mitchell was out. Of course, they're going to score more when they have Donnie Mitchell, who dropped 42 the last time he visited Miami in March. Um, There was no Darius Garland for that game. Donnie and DG both, you know, carried the, the, the Cavs to 121 against Orlando their last time out. They're starting to find some rhythm together. Uh, which is which is good to know. And there's a clear trend here in terms of the Cavs over in six of the last seven against teams that made the playoffs last year. The one under is still a high-scoring game against Atlanta. Under in five of the last six against non-playoff teams, the exception is Orlando, who, you know, might make the playoffs this year. They're a good team. So basically, yeah, they if they face a good team, uh, they're going to they're gonna score. They're going to score with you now that they have Max Struess on the wing, that they have more offensive options they're not just going to muck it up. Like Donnie Mitchell, if he can have success, he can he can keep them in a good scoring environment. And that Heat team is is deep and, and loaded on the wing now with those guys I mentioned coming off the bench. Uh, and I think they will score right with them. Those guys coming off the bench and starters like Duncan Robinson, the man, um, who actually has been really good at defense. He's been doing everything. Um, so I, I, he's he's playing tomorrow. There was a little bit of a question, but um, actually was distracted by a Twitter for no, a Twitter notification that just told me that he's playing tomorrow. So uh, I was going to use that to be like, oh, well, yeah, Duncan's playing. That's good news for the offense. But dude's just been good all over the floor. I just wanted to also shout him out because he's finally super consistent. Um, I, I do think between these two teams, like, there's been times lately with both these teams where you're expecting um, you're expecting a little bit more like defense, a little bit more like nastiness, uh, and they're able to put up 130, you know, in these games against other bruising teams. Like for instance, we just saw them with Orlando, who Orlando's been higher scoring, faster pace, but that was been at home on the road. They've been the same slow team we've seen at the Cavs. Go for 252. Same concept with Miami when they're playing the Bucks, which. That fluctuates, but we've seen plenty of, of, of really low grinded out games between those two teams. Both of them are a little bit different too now. The Bucks are, are playing a lot faster than they have, but point being, I think there is just a little bit more like pace in the uh, in the East right now from some of those teams that you normally see playing a little bit slower like these two. So uh, I'm going to close this out here with a bit of a chalky parlay, Nate, but I, I think there's some really good situational reasoning for all of these three money line parlays. Uh, so we've got Denver money line. They're at home. We've got Orlando money line. They're also at home against the, the, the Pistons. And then we've got the uh, the Timberwolves. They're the only road team that I'm taking here against Memphis. And look, I mean, Denver is just, it's like I said, a spot where we're coming off of a loss that really surprised a lot of people because they had their starting lineup back and then they lose to the Clippers in a way that was a little bit disheartening. Um, right. And now we get them coming back home in, in another situation where you could go like, well, what, what do we know that's different from the last time that they played Houston as well? Well, like they're at home and Houston's on the road. So that's really all I got to worry about here is like they're starting five back two games in a row, Houston on the road, not the same situation. I'm going to buy into that entirely with them. That, that There's, Something to the fact that their defensive rating goes from like a 98 uh, to about a 114 when they're on the road for Houston. And it's not just who they played because there's an even sort of spread of, of really duty offenses and, and good offenses coming into their building and that they've played on the road. So um, for Orlando, they're at home, dude. Like, I'm not even really that scared of the 10 and a half against Detroit. Detroit's a team that's a little bit less predictable to me, but 
oh, man, that's been over the last couple of years. Like I felt really comfortable taking Orlando against Washington at this same spread at home. I don't know why I would be scared of Detroit. Um, it's the same concept. They're, they're a little bit better down low than Washington. They're sort of like the inverse of each other. Washington, much weaker um, down low than a few of the guys that are playing on uh, up top for them. You know, Jordan Poole's up there. I digress. Let's not get into the Zards. Let's just compare them to the Pistons and just be like, look, this is a similar situation for Orlando, who's putting up uh, like one of the best offensive ratings at home in the league, which is absolutely wild. Uh, another team that continues to cover the spread now as a favorite when they're at home. It used to be that you had to get them as like a dog at home, and now back to the trend of, of covering as home faves. Uh, and then last one there, Minnesota. Also not afraid of their spread, man. Like minus six. If it seems like it's it's worth a little bit of a sprinkle on 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 the money lines plus maybe the spreads as well. But majority of like just a full unit on this because Minnesota's playing Memphis in Memphis. Yeah, Grind City ain't really what it used to be, uh, man, right now. And and there's a lot of uh, a reason to fade Memphis's offense. Minnesota's defense has started to travel on the road. Traveled to the road on the road just fine last time they played at Memphis on November the 26th, which is you know barely a week ago, week and a half ago from from when we're recording this. Uh, and that was a nice blowout uh, to the tune of 119 points that they scored. And it, it was a classic Minnesota win. Like they they're not doing anything awesome on offense except for have they have Ant Edwards. Um, and if they get into the to transition, they are very lethal. Um, but right now without um, – um, shoot, who's their really good uh, – not Vanderbilt. I always mess up his name with Vanderbilt. The dude who just, just hurt his, his hand last year. Uh, anyway, I digress. McDaniel. He's not playing. Thank you, Jada McDaniel. For the love of God, I always want to call him Jared Vanderbilt. They have such similar names and, and games. But either way, uh, without him in the game as well, uh, I, I still think that Ant is going to continue to get on the break uh, alone and, and, and score plenty for them. Yeah, I mean, the two home teams, Denver and Orlando, seem rock solid to me. Uh, I mean, Detroit, I, I, there's nothing to be scared of except Boyan giving them a little bit of a lift here his last two games, but I don't yeah. think they're going to beat Orlando. Orlando is not messing around with these with these uh, low level teams like they just smack them Memphis at home I mean maybe I'm just pre-programmed to think that they they can like grit and grind and find a way yeah. to win uh because they haven't they've they've lost eight straight at home before they finally beat the Jazz JV team last time out yeah. so I mean Minnesota the way they're rolling right now I'm fine having them be the third dance partner here but um there's plenty of options to choose from on a 13 game slate Nate, let's go ahead and get into your first play, a prop, former friend of the show, Gordo Hayward, making an appearance. Yeah, this, is, this isn't this is pretty, and the odds are, are juiced down, too, to minus 125 for him to score 15. I mean, maybe you take an alt line for 17 points or so, because I was waiting to see Gordon Hayward's props pop up here, because LaMelo Ball ruled out again, and, and Gordo has been productive. I mean, he's relatively, he's healthy for now, I will say. His last three, he's he's been able to play 33 minutes, 22 points a game on 25% usage against three good defenses, including the Bulls and Wolves. Um, you know, since the start of last season, he averages 16 and a half without Lamelo versus 14 and a half with him. Usage rate goes up 3%. Last had a, his last full game against the Toronto Raptors, just two years ago at this point, he had 25 points. Um, but this Raptors, you know defense it you do you, you might worry like oh the swarming wings and they're so they're so athletic and it's just like that that doesn't necessarily bother Hayward's game like he gets to his spots and he and he, he has that kind of lean back jump shot that 
able to find a way to, to get it in the, in the basket. I mean, I would still take over one and a half turnovers, which is also juice way down because uh, he's going to have the ball in his hands a little too much. But this Raptors defense has not been great on the road. One and four in their last five with a 119 defensive rating. And in the last two weeks, they're allowing the sixth most points to shooting guards at 23 and a half. So I, I'll take Hayward over Miles Bridges in terms of the Hornets trying to find some offense to rep, uh, replace what they lose with Lamelo. Godspeed, man. I, I support it. I'm, I, I don't have anything for you uh, as I've avoided capping almost every Hornets game this season, I would imagine. Um, but, but like, I, I get it. And Lamelo's out. So you're going to go find it. We love to do that on this show when we know that someone's not playing who steps in and, and eats those stats up and, and we'll see some more Gordo in this one. I'll just go into a bet. That's uh, going to sound chalky, but I mean, shy Gilgis Alexander um, over 30.5 points. Let's not overcomplicate this man. Uh, that might even rise a bit before, um, you know, too long. And, and before the game tips tomorrow to like 31, maybe 32. I, I see. Cause the guy, we talked about in best in the best bets video, that total probably will rise from the opening of 234 and a half where it was at on most books, which means that inevitably the dude most likely to score the most points in this game will have his total rise. Um, look, and the reason I say that, by the way, is like Steph, not, not, it's not that he's going to have a bad game. He always does well in, in Oklahoma city, but anyway, SGA, I just can't stay away. So he's a top three ISO player in the league. I really wanted to get into this and I was like, well, mo I know that I'm going to dig in and find that that shy is a top three, ISO player in the league. I mean, he does it the sixth most frequently. His 77% of the buckets that he scores are coming off of unassisted field goals because he's playing in that ISO. Uh, he has the number one scoring frequency when he's in isolation, most likely to score player doing it the six most times. He has the number one points per possession, uh, fourth most points per game. This is just a, a bad matchup. Um, he did have a poor shooting game last time out dropped 40 needed overtime to get 40 but had 31 going into overtime so that would have gotten us over the two games that he has failed to go over 30 points uh in his last six games playing this team he just shot six for 16 they were both in uh golden state they were both on the road this game's in oklahoma city where he's he scores a few more points he was six for 16 and then he was six for 20 earlier this year when he played at golden state and scored 26 on them the free throws have been a little bit fluctuating for him against this team because Golden State has gotten better at not fouling. For most of last season, they, they were giving up like 28 free throw attempts a game for a while because they just couldn't stop fouling. And they've gotten a little bit more disciplined this season. Shy's still good for an average of seven, almost seven free throws a game against them over the last four. And that includes two free throws in the game that he just scored 40. Two for two from the line scoring 40 points is very impressive, especially for a guy like Shy, who scores like 28% of his points from the free throw line on average. Uh, Golden State is allowing the uh, fifth most points per game to point guards. Quick aside there, be careful when you're looking at different sites. Some sites will, will like denote a guy as a point guard because he brings the ball up, but he's really not. So it like skews the stats, but we like to use the, the FanDuel fantasy pros most commonly uh, for that one. And that, that was telling me about him allow them allowing the fifth most points to point guards. So yeah, shy, shy to eat against a bad isolation offense in the dubs a defense rather. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned in, in the best bets how Draymond was getting blown by by Shaden Sharp in the last game. So lost a step as the anchor of the back line. If you are worried that he dropped 40 because Draymond was out in that overtime game, I mean, him being back in there 
not necessarily going to make a, a huge difference. I mean, especially because Shy is is not a one dimensional player by any means. He gets to his spots and then he pivots and, and spins and hits all sorts of weird mid range shots and just like yeah, the easiest thirty out there right now. Uh, and if you like a high scoring environment, then then he should get his thirty. Uh, so this prop is not out yet, but Cole Anthony, I will take you know anywhere around twenty pra. They're acting as if Jalen Suggs is going to play. He, he sprained his ankle last night. I mean, I I don't see why he would rush back to play the Detroit Pistons here. Markel Fultz has been ruled out, but that's why the prop is not out yet because they think maybe Suggs plays. Honestly, it'd be great if Jalen Suggs plays because you will get an even lower prop for Cole Anthony, who's going to still get plenty of minutes off the bench here uh, and will probably finish the game because it's probably going to be a blowout for the Magic at home. But, I mean, the one game Suggs has missed entirely this game, Cole went for 11-8-7 in 37 minutes off the bench. Again, I think he'll stay in that role. They like to start Anthony Black and then immediately yank him because they're like, what are you doing out here? Uh, I mean, but Cole has been great. He's just simply great. Double-digit points in 11 of his last 12, averaging 17 a game, 5.3 rebounds, 4 assists. And that's in just 28 minutes per game. If he gets 36, his per 36 numbers are 21, six and a half, and five dimes. And the matchup against Detroit is is just chef's kiss. I mean, giving up the most point per game to point guards on the season. That's up to 34.6 in their last uh, in the last week here. Did they play SGA or something? I mean, that that's ridiculous. Jalen Duran is out. Not going to be able to protect the rim as well without him. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I just love the idea of Cole Anthony leading the second unit in a blowout to get you these props. I'm so, I'm so glad that you set me up with the question of what they play SGA or something. Actually, the number one contributor to destroying their average against point guards is D'Angelo Russell, who had 34 on him in that Lakers game. That was a big part of that number coming up in the last seven days. So, like, yeah, it wasn't even SGA, dog. Don't give him that much credit. Uh, let's move on to the last pick here for me, which is Jay Randall on behalf of my boy, Nate who brought it to my attention. I was looking at it. He likes the points, 21 and a half. I see it. I, I'm also going to throw the, the PRA in there for him. He's one of those dudes that like, I like to get my bases covered in this situation because I, I know he's going to try to have an impact on this game. I just don't know if he's going to decide to be like, yo, I'm Debo uh, uh, on you guys out here. I'm going to get all these rebounds because the rebound chances are there for him. Even against the Celtics, who are a really good rebounding team, the rebound chances are there for him. Mitchell Robinson and KP will be doing their thing. I like him when Al Horford is off the floor, especially, which Papa Al's you know been getting like when when um, Chris Saps is out there, which he's probable to play. Papa Al gets like, you know, what 20 uh 25 minutes per game right now so that goes down and you've got a lot of jason tatum who god bless him ain't as strong as julius randall so i like to add the the rebounds and randomly when jay randall's like i'm gonna throw the assist in there he has averaged about almost five uh more than five rather assists per game versus this team in his last six versus them uh the potential assists continue to stay there for jay randall as well because it's always he or Jay Brunson that has the ball in their hands unless quickly's on the floor and they will allow him to sometimes play make as well. Uh, but it is predominantly those two guys. So uh, as far as the the recent numbers against Boston, like they're always good. Like he, like I said, when, Je when Julius Randle's engaged, he's a very, very good player. When he's not, well, you know, he's James Harden when he's not engaged. Same concept. Um, his last six versus them, he's averaged 26 and a half and nine boards, plus the four assists. He's got that 31% usage. I always like to make sure there's a good usage there because 
uh, like even for the assists, at least I know the ball's in his hands a ton. Um, and Jay Randall's scoring a ton of his points, I believe still up to, yeah, 29 and a half percent off of unassisted field goals. So like, that's just telling me that he's either going to score or, or dime up. That's why I like to add them. Um, anyway, the, the last five overall, and even the last 10 overall, he's well over this number because he's at 24 and a half and 10 in the points and rebounds department. If you just trim that down even further to the last five, which as we know of has had like three, at least two really important games for them because they were in season tournament games. Uh, Even though one of them was against the Charlotte Hornets, they still needed to score a lot of points. So that game's in there. 28 and a half points, 10 boards, almost six assists, still around the 30% usage. There was a weird moment in time at the beginning of the season where he couldn't hit the Bronx side of a barn. That's why he went 14 points, 11 boards, and six assists, or seven assists, rather, in the very first game of the season against the Celtics team. But, you know, on the road, as a guy who likes to, uh, to like I said, impact big games, I- I'm going to take Jay Randall to, to get the third, over 35.5 PRA. Yeah, Knicks get up for these games. I mean, it's it's a true rivalry. Celtics should be up for it. I mean, on the other end, you like you got to like Tatum twenty five and a half points. That's that's pretty low for the Celtics back home, and it's because both these guys are just brutal matchups for each other. And the Celtics, I think, part of the reason Randall has numbers against the Celtics because they're like, well, we'll put Tatum at the four, and good luck dealing with him. And then the Knicks' response is they have to feed Randall down low because Tatum can't guard him. Uh, so yeah, you're spot on to say when Al Horford's off the floor, that's when Randall is going to try to eat down low. Yep, exactly. Still love you, Papa Al, but I think our days of betting on your overs are starting to wane into nothing, but that is all the time we have for you guys. Continue to follow along. Check out the best bets video that we have up for you, bringing you that and these player props every single weekday of this NBA season. So until we see you next, happy betting. Step on